0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Law of Grey Hat Hacker. I'm your host Lloyd, and in today's episode, we're going to be getting into a bit more of business concepts. Now, as far as being a hacker goes, and how this is effective in business, my first question would be, why wouldn't it be um, the overall business? that you engage in in life and that's how we make our money uh, whether you're the individual big corporate guru etc right so a hacker in this sense could be a person that navigates um, many issues and different things for a business owner and we'll get into some of that <clears throat> because a hacker is not just not just a a person that goes and gets data Um, if you've learned some of your hacking skills they can be applied in the business world Uh, not everything is a clandestine activity some of it can be uh, and we'll touch on some of that today but most of it is very valuable to the business leadership or yourself, as a business owner. So, today we're going to get into some concepts and <clears throat> explore a bit of uh, hacking in the real business world. So, thank you for joining me. Let's get into it. The first thing that we're going to a- Discuss is uh, what is a keystone or the keystone concept when applied to business. A keystone, uh, in the traditional sense, is when you build an arch, you would go up on each side and bring curves together, and then when you're ready for the actual arch to support itself, you drop a keystone in the top, i.e., keystone. So in business, in the business sense, every uh, business, every process, every system has a keystone, and we can place that keystone so that everything, you know, works perfectly well. We can remove that keystone and drop the uh, the floor right out from our own businesses, or uh, somebody else's. Or, you know, we can apply pressure to either side of the keystone, you know, causing a little bit of havoc, and making ourselves or another business owner have to do some work keeping them off balance. So, this is what the keystone concept is. And we'll look into um, some different application as we go through the the episode. But you generally only have a keystone in any given process. You can have multiple keystones in a business. um, But every business has a primary a prime keystone that's one of those things about getting down to into root cause analysis and um, that that prime keystone that's the core of your business it's the core of your entire business you have to support it and you have to um, nurture it and all that, otherwise your business will crash. Your business will crash. And there's many forces that can cause a shift one way or another, but you have to protect that keystone. Uh, This is kinda where hackers can start coming into play. We can be the people that assist in keeping that keystone solid. Or we can be the people that pull that keystone and fuck up a a business owner's day. And, you know, in a lot of cases, pulling that keystone is not actually unethical or uh, like even a hostile action. Um, It's just business. And we'll get into a bit more of that moving forward, but hackers definitely have the advantage because of the way that we think. So, any other action that you take in business outside of your primary keystone or your core is in support of that. Everything. There is only one primary, prime keystone, only one. And while we can have other keystones in the the operations, that one keystone, that's everything in our business. Everything else is in support of that keystone. Um... We'll be getting into how we support it and all that, but if you take, for example, um, let's let's say a barber shop, for instance, and by the way, you know, going to go be a barber, but that that's for my peace of mind. But we're gonna look at the barber or the barber shop as a business. What is their primary business or service or product? And that'll tell you everything that you need to know about this particular business. I'll save you a bit of time. The primary service is the haircut. Out of everything else that a barber does, that's the primary service, period. That's the keystone. That's the keystone to the barber business. Now, this might seem like a really basic example, but I like to keep things simple. I'm a real subscriber to the KISS philosophy, and, you know, that's just the way it is. Keep it simple, stupid. You have the haircut. Anything else that you do in your business can revolve around that keystone and that's the way it's supposed to be um all your marketing activities all of your yeah basically anything that's not directly doing your keystone i.e cutting hair everything else is marketing it's it's just making others aware of Hey, I'm here and I'm cutting hair. That's the the basic breakdown. There's there's so many people that just want to get into, oh, you need this system, you need this going on, blah, blah. No, you really don't. There are some things that can aid in whatever your keystone or core of your business is. But as I just said, every business has a keystone, one. If you find out what that one is, everything else doesn't matter. It does to the point of it needs to support your keystone, but it is uh, minor by comparison to the performance of your keystone of your business, the core of your business when determining your keystone your core of your business there are a few questions that you're going to ask and i'm going to go in each segment and we'll go over an individual question but our first one would be what do you sell if you're in business you're selling something to sell is not a dirty word I mean, let's just be open and honest. If you're in business, you're in it for the money. Period. Remember how I have said that, you know, it's all related to your keystone this that it, it can be in support of. So, while you can be in support of a lot of different activities, you know, some altruism or, you know, if you're if you're a dirt bag, you know, yeah, sure, it's just going to be all about the money. But even the nicest person in business, it's all about the money. That's it. Now, to which degree that you, you, you're lenient on your money, you know, that's just going to come down to morality. But it's all about the money. So our first question is, what do we sell? And basically is it a product or a service because those are the, the two simplest breakdowns of what a business can sell it's either a product or it's a service whether it's a digital product all that's just labeling it comes down to product and service what is it that I sell um, we, we had just come from the barbering example so As a barber, I sell haircuts. That's what I sell. That's it. I sell haircuts. There doesn't need to be any more explanation than that. I sell haircuts. Or haircut services if you want to sound a little bit more boss. But you sell haircuts. Now, any other action that I take revolves around me selling haircuts. Nothing more, nothing less. I only care about the sale of the haircuts. If it doesn't help me sell haircuts, I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> it's it's honestly been a little bit annoying when, when dealing with um, some people in the business world That they can't cut through that. They'll, they'll, they'll think that they need to justify or... Um, they can't identify the core of their business. And this, this is important. Not only do you need to uh, identify and understand the core of your own business. But you also need to understand and identify... How you can age your own business and how you can keep other people from messing with your own business um, business is often compared to war uh, being involved in both it's kind of a close comparison, just not as bloody uh, but you know it, it 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 can be painful if if you don't pay attention, it can be bad. next question is where do we sell this whether we decided on the product or service where do we sell this where do we sell this in the case of a barber I'm gonna sell this service in a barbershop. generally I mean you do have mobile barbers and stuff like that but it's where where do I primarily sell my service or my product where So where, that's a location-based thing, right? We need to know where we're gonna sell this. And we also are going to need to know at a later time, you know, where's the best place that I can put myself to sell this item? Is it easy to move around? That kind of thing. Um, If anybody's ever heard the old, old saying, location, 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 and repeat it as many times as you want, it is all about location. You need to make yourself available where the buyers are, whether that's in a digital or a physical sense. If you take the local business, for example, you do want to be in a prime location to where, again, in the case of the barbershop, shop, uh, even if somebody just walks by and sees a billboard outside of your, your store, you're making them aware that, hey, I'm a barber. I'm over here cutting hair. Why don't you come see me? That's the subliminal messaging that is coming to any potential customer that passes by your store. Or, you know, um, as somebody goes to the grocery store, they see your barber shop across the way. And, you know, they touch their head and go, oh, shit. You know, I've gone like a month and a half without a cut. I might want to stop in there. That looks like a nice place, right? Right but it's all based on location. Um, So that you you want to ensure that you have the best possible spot in which to offer your services or product. You wanna put your stuff out in front of as many customers as you can, and that would be based on your location, like who who all can see you, right? Um, In the internet sense, it's the same way. Uh, If you are a local business, um, you should take advantage of, uh, especially, Google My Business these days. Google My Business. If you are a local business, claim your listing. Get it claimed. Uh, I don't care if you are never going to use the platform for any more than that. Just claim the business as yours. Because if you do business for any significant amount of time, Google is going to create a Google My Business listing for that business. Might as well associate it with the person who owns it, right? Right. So, but that is in essence uh, your storefront. That's all it's there for. Because when somebody locally to you Googles, hey, I need a barbershop here in San Diego, that's where I live. Um, There is some algorithm stuff that goes on in the background, absolutely. And again, we're keeping things simple. I'm not discussing the algorithm here, but there's some stuff that goes on in the background. And any given customer might have some different uh, views and uh, uh, filters, To look at depending on their exact location. Yada yada. But the customers that are closest. To your barber shop. And you have your business registered. In uh, Google My Business. They will see your stuff. At the top of the list. For them. Unless. You know. Somebody else has more stuff up online. At that point. Google does a real good job of trying to match a search intent with actual, uh, in this case, businesses, because the customer is very interested in finding a barbershop, because they have a need, and normally when you're Googling things like a barbershop near me, or hey, I need a haircut, that's one of the searches I've seen. It, it, it provides an, an immediacy. It's a need. It's an absolute need. And to, to the customers, or potential customers' mind, it is a need. And that is a prime opportunity for the barbershop. And all because you just put your, your stuff up in Google My Business you would probably increase your customers by at least 20% by comparison to what you have now if you have not signed up for Google My Business. That would happen over two to three months, maybe. And there are ways that you can track that exact uh, deal. You don't need that. So if somebody tries to offer you the the services of that, if you really want that, cool. But you don't need that. But the, uh, the Google My Business is essentially the online version of a storefront. Get you registered and tied in with that. Okay? This is going to be um, a touch on who we sell to. There's a lot in many different industries that we we'll talk about. You know, the persona, buyer persona. Or um, you know, market segment, and they'll use all these big words um, and it's really not needed. So who do you sell to that's that's who do you sell to, and what's your ideal customer? Um, with all those terms that that's something that really gets lost in translation it it is that simple. Who do you sell to? and basically what's your ideal customer because in these big fancy personas and all this other stuff um that that's what they're trying to get at is who, who's your ideal customer and how do we determine that we, we'll get into in the next segment really but it starts with what do you want in a customer? Nothing more, nothing less. What do you want to in a customer? What kind of customer do you want to serve? Um, you know, uh, if if I'm a barber, for instance, uh, money-wise, I, there's plenty of barbers that go out and say, work with the homeless and give free haircuts and stuff, right? This is absolutely a beautiful thing. I don't necessarily want that to be my ideal customer, right? Because we said at the beginning, I care about money. Altruism is wonderful, but business, we care about money. So, the homeless not my ideal customer. I want to have somebody that's going to at least pay for my primary service, my core service, which is a haircut. Well... From that point, you can you can do a little bit of math and figure out, um, you know, what's the income of my uh, of my ideal customer. You know, what kind of income are they looking at yearly? And don't just go, yeah, you know, my ideal customer is going to make two hundred grand a year. But let's be a bit more realistic. You know, I mean, the average yearly wage. Countrywide, I believe is somewhere around thirty five K a year. That's across all industry. That's about the average, about thirty-five K per individual. So let's back it down just a little bit. Um, but you'll you'll start thinking about these things as to who I'm gonna sell to and it's a concept. When you're developing your uh, ideal customers, it's a concept. Nothing more, nothing less. And uh, things that I've found easiest to do this is you give these concepts a name. Um, It can be anything. Like, you know, Bob Smith. It can be like Bob Smith, or if I want to cut a lady's hair, you know, Uh, I apologize, I'm going through a list of, of names of ladies and I'm just like, this isn't a real person that I know in real life, so I, I, I want to make sure I'm not just spitting names out, um, or Michelle Smith, you know, whatever, um, but they're not actually a person. And then from that that conceptual person, you start putting little details. Um, You know, how much money this person makes a year, Um, what kind of stuff they do, do they have kids? Because all of this can affect, you know whether a customer wants to come to you or not, right? If you say have a place that uh, as a barbershop that you know people can walk in, you're giving away drinks uh, because you know that's what you want to do, and uh, you know you you always have say the uh, a local sports game on, or you know some of you. Don't have the nicest mouth in the world, but you know it's all in fun and games, right? Especially in our our uh, our person with children example, maybe they're not going to come to your shop, or maybe they'll only come to your shop if they don't have their kids with them. These are things that you can start to consider um, when you are building these customer personas, and it can designate to you. Um, what kind of environment that you need to provide to your potential customer, right? Because say that you want kids to come to your shop, right? You're going to, uh, well, uh, got to wash them mouth a little bit. Um, the booze is probably still okay in moderation. Uh, but I might want to have some Cokes to hand out to the kids, right? Uh, and maybe some dum-dums, some suckers, you know, for when, when I get done cutting the hair. And that could actually be a perk for the for the parents that are bringing the kids in. Like, hey, come on in with the kids. I'll give them a sucker. Or, you know, give them a Coke. They can sit there and watch the Pokemon. I don't know. you you got to do you. you got to figure that out in that uh, barbershop deal with your ideal customer. But this is who we're going to sell to and who we're going to target. This is a market segment. This is the very, very basics, but in a lot of cases, that's all you need. And it's one thing is, you know, what I've done in a profession, which is basically get to the heart of the matter in anything that I'm doing. If you try to complicate things, it's not in support of your your business actions, for one. Um, and there's there's room for mistakes there's more points of failure in an operation the more you try to complicate um, that's why with a lot of tools and stuff that supposedly automate a lot of the stuff I'm talking about if you know how to use a tool they can be great but I really try to discuss concepts that you don't need any tools for So. That's who we sell to. Why does a customer buy from you? I'm serious. Why does a customer buy from you? This is something that you really need to think about. In, in that core, that keystone, you sell haircuts. But I'm, I'm just going to stick with this barbering example. Remember we were talking about keeping, keeping it simple? So we're just going to stick with this barbering example because that's that's the simplest thing. No need to jump around industries. Um, but why does a customer buy from you? Take a minute especially when you're, you're planning out your businesses or need to um, figure out maybe what's going wrong. Because granted, I'm personally kind of an expert in, the, in this concept, right? But a, a person who doesn't have my expertise should be able to gain at least a rudimentary uh, understanding just by asking some questions and that's what's important to me um, that somebody understands that they can do all of this and you know, run a very successful business especially in the small business realm simply it's very very simple some things cost money and some things are hard work but it's very very simple. But you need to think why is somebody gonna buy from you? Think about actual reasons like you might actually have some people that will buy from you from because you're a friend. But especially if we're talking about a barbershop, that's not that's not a reliable clientele. Um, they're your boys, your homies, you know, uh, your 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 sisterhood, wh- whatever. You know, they're, they're your crew, sure. And they are very reliable in life. However, they are not a reliable customer base. They're not. So outside of your friends, why is somebody, and family, why is someone going to buy from you? Why are they going to come to your shop above all others? Why? And start listing the reasons. Say it. And then once you have your list, you're going to go through and, yep, yep, yep. These are all true. Now how do we focus in on that? But you know, a couple of examples of why people might buy from you. You're the cheapest, you're the cheapest in town. That could be a reason. Maybe you have your prices set super low so that you get more customers in. There's nothing wrong with that approach. Just make sure that you are staying above minimum wage because you're just gonna piss a lot of people off if you're, if you're cutting hair for less than minimum wage and not just barbers. So just keep that in mind. Um, the average for a haircut, this is nationwide, is currently, like, $20.35. So, 20 bucks, right? It's $20. Any customer that walks into a licensed barber's shop or gets their haircut by a licensed barber, should pretty much expect to pay twenty dollars if they're going to uh, gripe and complain and I mean, just because you want something to be cheaper doesn't mean it is. Twenty dollars, that's the bare minimum, right? So, what other reasons might someone buy for you from you other than it's cheaper? Great experience. Maybe you have the best shop in your town, and you treat people like a, a darn king or queen. You know, let's be a PC. And you got the be- you honestly have the best spot. Not what's said on Google, not what's said on Yelp. Um, those can be indicators, but you legitly have the best spot. The neighborhood knows it. And that's where people go to get their haircut, and it's because of the experience. Maybe not necessarily. Maybe you don't have the quote-unquote best barbers in the world at your shop, but everybody's giving everybody that walks through the door a great experience. You know, the game's always on. Everybody's always bullshit and that kind of thing. You you just a spot, so people come and get their haircut, right? There's nothing wrong with that. You can lean into that, even. As a little bit of a deeper concept you know when we, we start talking about um, improving or you know paring down and stuff like that. but these are absolutely things that you can start thinking about in just those two concepts there's so much you can do with either being the cheapest or the all about the experience. Hey, that's cool. Um, let's see what else. Maybe your barbershop is really involved in the community, like outwardly, and does some of that altruistic stuff that we were talking about in the beginning. Maybe you're putting together, you know, like free cut days uh, for a local baseball team. Or, you know, maybe your barbershop is going and doing one of these, uh, oh shoot, humanity, humanity human uh, showers for humanity or something like that. That's a beautiful thing. That's personal opinion, by the way. That's a beautiful thing. I totally intend to do some shit like that once I get my license. You know, I, I really care about money and I'm all about money. But hey, we're we're put here for a little bit. Let's go cut some somebody's hair that can use it, right? Okay, cool. That was my pitch for that organization. And I'll try to make sure that uh, I put some sort of link or whatever so that uh, people can get on that but you, you think about these things and it's very important for your business for that keystone because it's all about the haircut in the in the barber's. Everything is in support of the haircut, everything. That's the service that you provide, the haircut, the haircut service. Now, here's where somebody might get a little confused, but look, we, we shave stuff too. We shave people too, right? Yes, yes you do. If you want to base your entire uh, business off of the shave, be my guess. But you're going to have to rethink a couple things a little differently. If you want that to be your core, you could totally do it. Um, You know, you'd set the... uh, who you want to buy from you a bit higher. And you'd have to work from... to some, some different things from there. But it can be done absolutely it can be done um, but what are some other reasons people location remember we were just we were talking about location a lit, a little bit ago um, it all comes down to location like when people are googling hey barbershop near me maybe they're out driving and because of their location your barbershop pops up first And they have a need. Hey, man, I need to get my hair cut. I'm looking busted. Um, Oh, shit, there's a barbershop, you know, 10 seconds down the road, because I'm driving, and I'm looking at my phone, which I shouldn't be doing. I do not do this, by the way. Don't do it. Um, And then I go to the barbershop and go from there. But that was my... my, uh, entire impetus to go to that barbershop and that was just based on our next concept a customer is most likely to buy from you or any other business when they want to I mean it sounds simple and it is but that's when they're going to buy. That's that's the very basics. Your job as a business owner is to be there when they're ready to buy. Right? Whether that's online or physical. There's only so many ways that you can be there when they are ready to buy. Um, this, this is one of those things that really comes down to uh, luck, (laughs) okay? This one is almost pure luck. It's important that you are there, but if you're not there, there's nothing you can really do about it. Or at least no good thing that you can do about it. There's a couple of things that can give you more advantage and raise your, uh, your availability in a customer's eyes. Um, but there's really not much you can do about it. If we look at, if I'm driving down the road and I happen to, to search for a barber shop near me while I'm on the road, it's all gonna come down to the algorithm and how somebody matches, uh, or how Google matches where I'm at versus where the nearest barber shop's at versus you know what kind of reviews they have versus all these things, all these things. Like I said, I'm, I'm not gonna really get into the algorithm, but that's the thing on a, uh, a net perspective. And I will say that if you are not on the internet, if you are not on the internet, and you do not have a website. That's what, and that's what I'm referring to being on the internet. Um, sorry, I don't give a shit about your. Your Instagram, I don't give a shit about your Facebook. They have their place. But 95% of barbers are using their shit wrong. Sorry. Um, and that's just because... Y'all been told wrong. Um, y'all have been told wrong. By uh, a lot of these... Um, internet... Marketing experts so-called But it's neither here nor there uh, You need yourself a website that is your your base of operations That is your store online And I'm not talking about e-commerce here. I'm talking about that's where you reside online is your website, right? Um, Where you reside in the real at your shop, right? Please realize that if you're a mobile barber, your shop is going to be wherever you take it, i.e. most of them have like vans with full setups and they, they can roll around and offer haircuts pretty much wherever they park, right? So this is strictly for the old school brick and mortar. There's there's always something different, <laughs> no matter what industry you're in. There's always an exception to the rule. We'll get into the, the, some of that here in a minute. But uh, there's not much you can honestly do about the wear. You can give yourself a little bit of an edge here or there. But basically, if you if you've leased a location that you're running out of, you're not gonna change that physically for years. Um, your website that you buy, you don't wanna change for like years, right? I've got a, I've honestly got a lot of content on like websites and this, that, and the other thing. So, I mean, go see that if you're interested. But just take a word for it, you need a website as a business in 2022. If you do not have a website, you're kind of irrelevant. Potential customers can't find you. They can't. Uh, you can eventually end up in Google via social media, but they uh, it's not going to pop up for a very long time, like at least a year. Um, so, the people that are popped up on Google, if somebody's just entering, like, barbershops near me, they've, they've just been online on these social medias for at least five years. Okay? Um, so, if you want that extra oomph, and right now, get you a website. Inside of a, Inside of three months, tops, you'll be popping up period if you just have a website so that was my website feel. but you can't honestly do much about the wear factor it's luck it really is luck um, and w- especially when first starting out picking that prime that prime real estate that will give you the greatest advantage of uh, visibility to the potential customer. The good thing with the internet, as opposed to a solid, um, you know, in the real shop, is it is much easier to hyper focus local. Again, I have lots of content on that. Uh, but it's very easy to hyper-focus local and it's not even tricks and secrets it's just following a process and making sure that your business, uh, your physical business matches your online assets in a sense and your rankings will increase on a local level which is what matters to the small business person is the local sphere. That, that is one of those other things that piss me off about the uh, marketing experts. Again, so-called. Um, it's it's about the easiest thing that you can do for your business. And nobody does it. It would take less than two hours for almost anybody to do Get yourself a website. Period. And like I say, that where it's all gonna come down to. Work. So today we covered the, the Keystone concept, and especially to to people that came to this content for you know bio gray hat hacker. Um, when I started this project it is it is more about my experiences versus being a hacker I'm not over here teaching class I mean generally speaking I get paid for that uh, so but today's uh, content is to get you to think because the everyday job of any hacker is the everyday job. Hacking can be used in any business and that's what a lot of people don't realize and that by understanding this core concept, this keystone concept, it puts you as the hacker into a primary position to assist, or to hinder any other business for your profit. I mean, what is it that consultants actually do? For instance, they help businesses maintain their core. That's what they do. Or, you know, an individual process in a business they help maintain that score or they attack processes in other businesses it depends on you know who the client is and and what the request is but hacking is hacking and it's being used in business and nine times out of ten there's nothing unethical going on i mean sure you have like corporate espionage and a few other things that you know are traditionally oh no the big scary, especially when we're talking about security, for instance. But just in our everyday processes and procedures, even in a a business model that on the outside appears very basic, as the barbershop the barber, I assure you, as somebody coming from a corporate environment. That while it appears basic and it is simple, it, uh, it it has it has its complexities, and it's very hard. <laughs> in in a, In a lot of cases, so I mean, you know, that's not only a profession that I want to go into because it. Um, I'm I'm not going into it because it's easy. I'm not going into it. Because I think less of it. And it's simpler, quote-unquote. I'm going into it because it's a change of pace for me. You know? It's not as politically driven. And um, the results of the things that I do are not as detrimental to others in some cases. But by understanding the core... Of your business, it it can highlight your weaknesses, absolutely, and it will highlight your weaknesses. It will let you know where you're weak. I do a lot with this uh, simple tool. It's known as SWOT: the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Right, and it that in and of itself is just a very basic tool. It's more of a just an organizational. Type, uh, device well where are we strong where are we weak what kind of opportunities do we have what kind of threats exist but what people don't really get even with that small tool is like okay I'm strong here but what is a threat to my strength or what's an opportunity in my weakness and it's Those concepts that really get you thinking, especially if you're a hacker. Being a hacker is nothing more than knowing how to think. That's it. Over, under, around, through. A problem. That's it. But it's a very deep concept because. Although, just about anything that we do is simple. I'm sorry. Anybody that's out there trying to... Oh, I'm a badass because I'm a hacker. Yeah, you're pretty badass. But the thing is, it's actually pretty simple. It's pretty simple. A lot of it's just tedious. And if you follow the process... it's It's hard to mess up. But when we're looking at our businesses, whether we're the business owner, or whether we're supporting a business owner in their actions, or going after another business owner in their business, same industry. Because of the way we think, it it really gives us superior advantage in those circumstances. Because we understand the overall system and that is one of the key hacker skills is understanding. That's one of the reasons that whenever I have a newbie ask, what do I need to learn? (laughs) Well, start learning. You're never going to stop. That's. That's not just some old school dude, you know, trying to bar the way to you. That's, you're never going to stop learning. And you never should. If you stop learning, um, you're no longer in this game. Period. Because, I mean, you know, I, I say it openly and plainly. I am no keyboard jockey. I don't consider myself one. I can program well. And I can pick apart programs well. And I can do all those things well that um, a hacker of that type can do, but they're artists. Those people that really specialize in the, the hacking on the fly and just making shit work or breaking shit, They're the artists of that realm. That's not my area, and that's where most normal, I guess, people think the hacker that that's all the hacker is. It's part of it, but it's not all of it. As we've looked at today, by understanding the keystone of any business, we can we can exploit that. We can exploit that for either good or ill, depending on who you're working for. But you are absolutely using your skills as a hacker. So, in some future content, I might do some more business-related things. Because, like I said, that's, that's honestly where I'm most comfortable. I guarantee you that I'm... Wiley... In, in, in the ways of a hacker uh, but most of my stuff revolves around information information retrieval and the utilization of information to my advantage that's the basic that's basically what i do i know how to i know how to leverage information and how to make it work for me so this has been bio of gray hat hacker uh, been all about the keystone uh, concept and some of its application. Um anybody wants to to work with me, speak with me, whatever, uh, you can find me. I'm in Google. Type in Lloyd McVeigh a second. You'll get my website and you know all the socials. As easy as it is. Um, if you do wish to inquire, uh, please don't waste my time. Like I said, I'm going off to be a barber on the day to day. I don't really have much interest in uh, in wasting my time. Uh, I'll just say it like that. There are things that I still love to do and will continue to pursue, but. the other thing that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode, I like to get paid. I'm altruistic, but I am money motivated. So, i going to say at this stage of my career, if you're just trying to message a talk that's well and good, I don't have time for that shit. But I will continue putting out some content that will hopefully help some other people. Thank you for my joining. For joining me, and we'll see you in the next one.